0: Hello there, and welcome to episode four of our Breaking Bad podcast, with your two hosts. A man who can play a bit of Jethro Tull on the piccolo, is my good friend Brad Roll. So that leaves me, a man who definitely would mind Shania Twain to give him a tuggy, is JT.
1: <laughs> Lovely stuff. Hello there, everyone. Hello, <laughs> so
0: yeah, um, we're back again. Episode four, as I said. This one is called Cancer Man. It's Breaking Bad, by the way, we're doing, as um, I did actually say it in the intro, didn't I? (laughs) But just in case you didn't know. Um, This one's directed by Jim McKay, Mackay, apologies, Uh, written by Vince Gilligan, as always so far. 48-minute episode aired on the 17th of Feb 2008 to a US viewership of 1.09 million, so around about the same as last week and the week before. So again, not really a lot, bread
1: Roll. Yeah, staying consistent, isn't it? It's a shame, really, Well, it's weird because... This episode is probably the one that kind of starts to get down to like the, uh, I wouldn't say the nitty gritty, so to speak, but it's one of the episodes, I've had the pilot, obviously it kind of went off of a bang. Um, And the two episodes after have been fairly fast paced with a bit of like events happening in them. Um, This is one that kind of slows it down a little bit, but not in a bad way, it's just a bit more focused on character development this episode, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, which is pretty much my next note I've got here. Um it's one of the least rated ones. I saw a sort of couple of polls, and I think out of the sixty-two episodes this was around fifty-six. So, you know, it's not particularly one that's held in high regard. It is a slow paced episode, um, but there is some character development and obviously a major announcement from Walt. Although we don't actually see him tell Skyler, I don't I d do, I believe. I don't think we actually see him tell her, but we obviously see his announcement at the barbecue, which I'm sure we'll talk about. We also see a little bit more of Jesse's world, don't we? We meet his parents and his little bratty brother and Skinny P and Combo make their first appearance. So we see a couple of Jesse's acquaintances because the other two we've met are both dead. Crazy 8 and uh, old Emilio, they didn't last very long.
1: Yeah, he does get fleshed out a little bit in this, don't we? And I, I'd forgotten that we actually see more of his his parents a bit earlier. I know obviously he's got a rocky relationship with him because he's got a ro- rocky relationship with everyone because he's a bit of a knobhead. Um yeah, and I completely forgot he had that little brother um, as well. So, yeah, it was good to see all that. And, yeah, I don't, I, I guess, obviously, at the end of the last episode, he walks into the room, Walter does, and he says to Skylar, I need to tell you something. So, I assume that's him telling him then. But um, I, when, when he announced it at the table, just getting ahead, obviously, we'll discuss the synopsis or, you know, the episode in proper in a minute. But when he does announce that he's got cancer and stuff, like Walt Jr.'s reaction is when he's at the table, it's like he knew the way he looks at Hank. But then later on, it says, oh, I had to find out that way or, you know, Walt Jr. had to find out that way. So I was a bit miffed as to, like, did he know beforehand or didn't he know beforehand?
0: Yeah, that's a weird one, actually, because obviously he's told Skyler, as we just said twice, we don't see that, which is strange. We don't see it because it probably would have been the biggest announcement telling his wife. So was Walt Jr. there when he told her? Obviously, the announcement he makes at the barbecue is really to Hank and Marie, isn't it? Um, but I'm assuming he hadn't told Walt Jr. I don't know, who's the honest answer to that. Just um, a couple of little tidbits from the Breaking Bad wiki, fan wiki. Um, we um, said a couple of episodes ago it might have been in the pilot, might have been in the pre-cook. We weren't sure what Vince Gilligan had done before this, if anything. And then you told me off air he wrote some X-Files episodes, and apparently that's where he got the name of this um, episode from. There was a character in the X-Files who was occasionally referred to as Cancer Man. I didn't watch the X-Files. And that's probably where he got the title of this episode of Breaking Bad from.
1: Oh, sweet. So yeah, that's good show. Actually. I do remember I, my brother used to be massively into the X-Files. Um, I think I mentioned that before. Um, he was really into it. So I used to watch a lot of it with him. Um, I actually quite liked it. I do like obviously sci-fi and bits and pieces, as you know. And I do remember Kant's Man as the character. I think he's also referred to as the smoking man as well. Um, but either or. Yeah, that's a good shout. Good link to that.
0: Yeah, that's right. I did see about the cigarette man as well. Also, Vince Gilligan says this is a major turning point in the sort of saga, um, but he didn't elaborate on why. Um, so they have sort of said the Breaking Bad fan wiki could be because he reveals, obviously, he's got cancer, which is obviously the whole point of this fucking thing going on, really. Or it could be the fact that at the end, he blows up Ken's car. And I'll talk about Ken a little bit later when we get to him. Um, and that's the sort of first spiteful act he's done, isn't it? He's killed Crazy Eight and Emilio, but he was kind of forced to do that, but his act of violence towards Ken is just completely off his own back.
1: Yeah, one of the uh, first of many. I mean, I know he kind of went off on those kids in the shop and they're taking the mick out of Walt Jr., but that was kind of mild compared to obviously this and then what he obviously does going forward as well. And you saying that, this being one of the lowest-rated episodes, jumping ahead a little bit here, I read the other day that apparently Fly is the lowest... Um, regarded episode of the whole thing it's got the lowest rating of of all of them for some reason
0: it has and i've seen that before and i do remember the first time i watched fly obviously i think we're looking at season three possibly for that because they're in the lab aren't they so we are jumping ahead but i didn't like it and i thought it was boring but then when i've watched it again it's a very important episode and obviously we'll analyze it when we get to that one
1: yeah yeah just while i was in my head i thought i mentioned i'll actually remember it what actually happens in that episode obviously i have seen it and stuff so yeah i look forward to getting to that one but um that's a little way down the line now bring us back to the task at hand with our cancer man here
0: it sure is so should we have a look at um cancer man and bread roll
1: yeah let's have a look let's cook as some would say
0: <laughs> so as always yeah. big shout out to dan parkinson for the opening theme tune check him out on instagram and his podcast uh stage fright definitely well worth a listen thanks dan so the one line synopsis of this one is Walt reveals his cancer at a family barbecue and Jesse goes to visit his family. So actually, one liner on this one, but it does actually open with Hank, our good friend Hank. And he's given a DEA briefing, isn't he, about Crazy 8 and Emilio. And he says, we've got a new kingpin on the block, obviously talking about uh, old Walter, but he doesn't know that obviously at this point.
1: Doesn't I like this? Obviously, anytime you see Hank it always puts a smile on my face and he's uh, you know, brashing it up and giving Gomez a hard time and stuff. But I do love the way um, he's like, there's a new player in town. He's got skill sets and you know, and all this sort of thing. He could be a new kingpin. And then it cuts to Walt in his fucking wife front, his sort of beer belly hanging out, and he just stood there brushing his teeth. And it's like not uh the sort of person you would picture as a drug kingpin, but obviously looks can be deceiving.
0: Yeah, I think that's very cleverly done, isn't it? Because it does the voiceover of Hank as it cuts to Walt brushing his teeth, like you say there, in his tighty whities and he's, yeah, looking very unassuming. Um Yeah, great, I love that bit. And then it does cut to the barbecue scene and fucking Hank is just being inappropriate as always, just around Walt Jr. That's when he says about Shania Twain giving him a tuggy and all this. He's just generally being Hank, but he's just so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is brilliant. And I do like this, um... It's got to be one of the rare scenes, if not the only scene I can at least think of off the top of my head, um, where you get a glimpse that Walter and Skylar generally are in love with each other, or maybe once were, because obviously he's talking about like, he's trying to sort of tell um Walt Jr., you know, you're a handsome guy and stuff, you need confidence and persistence to get a girl. Then he makes Walt tell the story of how they met, and he's obviously saying obviously about all that, and the way they're looking at each other, it's kind of like one of the only times I can remember those two actually genuinely having a... That lovely connection because it doesn't take long from the kind of fallout. And Scarlett starts, well, she starts acting like a twat in this episode. Um, but most of the time we see them, they're always at odds with each other. So it's just that rare glimpse that there was actually obviously something there with them once it was truly romantic.
0: Yeah, you're right. Because that story is actually quite nice, isn't it? It says about how he, he used to see her doing the, the New York Times crossword in the cafe or wherever, and he used to come in and do it. And then they ended up sort of talking about it together, and it kind of went from there. So it's quite a nice little backstory, isn't it? And then Skyler basically just starts fucking crying her eyes out, breaks down, and says, "Walt's got something to tell you, or or whatever." Because they're like, "What's wrong with you?" And she's like, "Why do not you tell them?" And obviously, that's when Walt then breaks the news to Hank and Marie, and we assume Walt Junior as well.
1: Yeah, I, I like this. So Those are brief things. He literally just goes, "I've got cancer. It's lung cancer." And he pauses for effect, and like he goes around and like, this is like Walt's face, he kind of looks at Hank and he hasn't really reacted much. It's like, oh, I guess he must have known ahead of time. And he's like looking at Hank to kind of confirm it or something. But like the way Cranston, obviously, he's just sort of doing his Walt thing, isn't he? Like he's brushing dust off the table and he's obviously a bit uncomfortable, which you would be. I don't know what it'd be like to obviously announce to your family that something like this is happening to you. It'd be horrible. But obviously, he makes he brings it to life, and Hank's face, his reaction is brilliant. Dean Norris and obviously Marie in that—it's just a really good scene, and it's delivered so simply. It's just the way he's like, "Yeah, I've got cancer, it's bad," yeah. and then it just cuts across to like them in the living room, sort of after the fact. But just that the way the way it's done, I think, is brilliant.
0: It's very good, isn't it? It's almost like in the first episode when he's like, "Yeah, cancer, inoperable," when he first gets told, he's just. Yeah very deadpan the way he he delivers it Um, and that's when you say it cuts there to them sort of thinking about it a bit more and analysing it and that's when he says he told Skylar 48 hours ago or she says she's known for 48 hours Um, so we sort of find that out and then Marie's hell bent on them getting a second opinion isn't she she works in a hospital she's like oh we'll get the top guys on it we'll get a second opinion it's obviously the denial there isn't it that maybe you don't have cancer but obviously he does.
1: Yeah, I mean Marie's quite an annoying character at this stage of the um thing. I mean, she's still better than Skylar overall, and I do prefer her um as a character, but she's just that really kind of like she's got to stick her nose in and get involved in everything, hasn't she? Um just that kind of annoying kind of aunt type character. But Skylar here, I just, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but the way I saw it is I like, She's such a bitch because she's just making it all about her. She's like, oh, I've had to live with this for 48 hours all that stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe that would be hard and everything because it's obviously a bit of a shock. But you need to accept, Walt's the guy who's got the cancer. So you might want to just sort of try and stick by his side as he's trying to figure out how he wants to kind of roll out that news to obviously the wider family because it's a lot for him the process. Yeah, granted, he's known for a month. But she's like, oh, I've had to live with this for 48 hours. He's known for a month and just the way she's making it all about her, it's just the first of many things Skylar does that makes me wish she gets like run over at some point, but she doesn't, spoiler alert. So.
0: It is very selfish, isn't it? And like you say, it's not the easiest thing to, to come out with, I'm sure, and tell everyone. So, yeah, she's a bit of a bitch in that respect. And here, I don't know if it's foreshadowing or not, or again, whether it's a coincidence, like we said about a few other things, but Hank obviously is there with Walt and he says, don't worry, buddy, whatever happens, I'll always take care of your family. And obviously, it turns out that when Walt does go fucking absolutely nuts at the end and Hank finds out who he actually is, Hank is obviously on Skylar and Walt Jr.'s side and does take them in, doesn't he?
1: He does, yeah. And again, you can see here, like Hank, he generally means well. He's like, you know, I'll do it. Because obviously we said before, one of the main driving points of this episode, uh, this show is like the healthcare in America, isn't it? It's expensive. A lot of people can't afford the treatment they need. Um and that obviously really grinds at Walt because he wants to be the provider for his family. And when Hank says, you know, I'll always look after your family, like I say, a good bit of foreshadowing quite possibly, but he's delivering it like genuinely to try and obviously just, you know, be nice to Walt and obviously try and take that burden off him. But Walt's face is brilliant because you can see it really great. So him, he kind of looks like, and he nods just to say thank you. But in his face, it's just that expression of, don't you dare fucking say that, that's my job. And it kind of like lights a fire under him, I will imagine.
0: It does, doesn't it? Because it's a little bit later on, not too far on from this, I think, when obviously Marie, uh, Skylar's making the appointment with Marie's um, top bod and all that, and it's costing an X amount. And then she says, you know, about borrowing money from Hank, and Walt's not having any of it, is he?
1: He's not. And then they want to put the money on the old credit card and stuff. It's like five grand or something, isn't it? For whatever it is, like even just the consultation or whatever it is they're going to do. It no, yeah. <laughs> he, he goes to the fucking like the air vent or whatever it is and he's got like his money stashed in there and it fucking blows away i just love the little realistic like stuff like that like you just say counting his money not being very sort of you know safe with it and the wind just picks up and blows it away he's like ow bollocks and all this sort of shit
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i've got that here he's not very sneaky with it is he obviously he gets a lot more sneaky as it goes on and then he gets to the point where he can't so he's got so much fucking money but like, Walt Jr. walks in and Walt's there with the fucking money and he's at the vent he's like, ah, oh, I thought I heard a mouse, uh, we've got mice and all that. And Walt Jr. is pissed off with Walt anyway because of the the whole not telling people. And he's just pretty much like, well, fuck you. And at the end, he does tell him to fucking die, doesn't he? Which is pretty harsh.
1: It is, yeah. And it's a good build-up to this because obviously Walt's just doing his normal kind of, well, Walt thing, isn't it? And it's obviously starting to grate on um Walt Jr. a little bit. But it's a bit of a common trend, that, not it? Because he's like... Trying to hide, just like I say, just a couple of ground or whatever he's got um, on him in the vent. He's like, "Oh, we got mice." And like a little bit later on, when he's hiding under the house, I swear he like comes out with something like, "Oh, we've got rot" to try and explain why he's under the house and shit. So it's like, what else is in this house? You know, just to fucking hide your hide your money with.
0: Yeah, he does, doesn't he? I think he he pretends he's fixing a boiler or something at one point. But we're we're quite a few seasons ahead there. We do get a scene also in between all this going on where we see Jesse, and that's where we meet Skinny P and Combo. And I was thinking, what fucking shit mates are? I mean, they're all meth heads anyway, so, you know, they're not going to be the most loyal, I wouldn't have thought. But when they're like, oh, if you got any meth or any crystal? And he's like, uh, yeah, but I'm thinking about giving it up. You know, it's making me paranoid and all that. They're like, oh, we're just going to bounce then. I was like, so basically, you've just come around there to smoke his crystal, but you're not really interested in him as a mate or anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like you say, it's just that like kind of like no honor among thieves type thing, isn't it? Although they do end up sticking with him um, overall, I suppose a new character's in, so maybe. Um vincent know where he wanted to go with him but yeah they usually come across as Belens. but jesse's just completely full of shit here like going yeah man i got i cooked this new recipe and he's like blagging it and saying it's all him and everything it's like no it's just you know it's walter's fucking recipe mate
0: it is combo does die doesn't he spoiler alert for people who don't know um, he does uh, that's, yeah. that's down the line a little bit more um i mean we do actually see a couple of people in jesse's neighborhood as well we've talked before where obviously walt jug crazy eight in the car there didn't seem to be anyone around and it always seems to be really peaceful we do see a couple of grannies doing a little jog and then walks well well jesse has some major hallucinations suddenly he? he's, he's mentioned getting paranoid to combo and skinny p and he's fucking properly tripping out and he? he sees these bikers get off these two fucking harleys with like machetes and grenades and he flips out fucking runs off and it turns out it's two fucking god botherers on push bikes
1: <laughs> that is quite funny i do like the way it shoots that scene i mean and obviously not obviously not for myself or anything like that but i know people who've been on sort of drugs and stuff and they do get really fucking scatty and paranoid and they're, they're bloody annoying but it is quite good the way they're um they are sort of shooting his hallucinations in this one
0: absolutely and we do get a little bit of continuation here obviously there is a lot of continuation in this but uh crazy eight had stabbed walt's leg hadn't he um with that bit of plate and we do see Walt sort of patching himself up in the bathroom, don't we? Um and Skyler again is being annoying. Are you okay in there? Uh, obviously she's got his best interests at heart. She doesn't know what he's actually doing. And he's like, yeah, a little bit of privacy. And he, he's patching himself up, but he's coughing as he's doing it. And that's when um they booked the appointment to go and see that oncologist, one of Marie's top bods, five grand for just an appointment. But they seem absolutely convinced like when Skylar's booked the appointment, she's like seems like really happy like he's going to turn around and say yeah he hasn't really got cancer it's like I don't know what she's expecting from this second opinion
1: yeah it is a bit stupid I mean I suppose it's one of those situations um hoping against hope really um when someone you know has got something like that I guess um especially as bad as uh what has it at the moment in that but yeah I really don't know I, I suppose it's just that kind of like so just looking for any silver lining but like you say it is just one of those things it's like well it's been confirmed I'm fairly sure it's confident the way he's coughing and spluttering he's bound to have it isn't it's so not they're going to turn and be like oh yeah you just need a bit of kelp and you'll be alright mate
0: yeah I guess like you say there it's exactly that isn't it it's just that just little glimmer of hope you might have that they were wrong um but we get a little bit of Walt being paranoid as well, don't we? We've had Jesse properly tripping out. I mean, Walt's obviously not drug-related, his paranoia, but he thinks he's going to get stopped by the cops, doesn't he, when he's in his fucking shoebox of a car, but they actually <laughs> just go speeding past him. So his paranoia is kicking in as well. And he goes to the bank. This is um, where Ken comes in. He goes to the bank to get his pension money. He says he's going to draw, but he's he's getting a cash check, uh, a check cash, didn't he, to, to pay the oncologist. And I didn't really know this about Ken. I don't know if you know. You might know. Um, But he's actually in Better Call Saul as well. He's a guy that um, Kim and Jimmy actually scam in one of their bar scams. Um, I didn't know that. I read it on either the wiki or IMDB. I didn't put two and two together. So he's actually in a couple of episodes of Better Call Saul as well. Certainly one episode.
1: Oh, so I said I didn't know that. Um, but when he came in, because he's he's just some fucking brash mouth yuppie. It reminds me of James Corden, he's just a fucking yes, twat, yes. It's the sort of person <laughs> you just want to fucking punch. Um, but yeah, it reminds me of him. It's um, but when he was on the phone, he's talking, he was like, oh, Yeah, I could go and work for all these companies and stuff. And I was listening, and I was like, Oh, is he gonna mention Mesa Verde? It's obviously the main place in um Better Call Soul for those who have seen it, which he doesn't, but he, he lists like a load of other companies, and I was thinking to myself, Oh, I wonder if any of that's like any of them get re-mentioned in Better Call Soul later on and I meant to Google it but I didn't get a chance so I don't know if you noticed if any of those companies were ever recycled and used again but that's cool that he actually did appear, that's um, two characters now we've had LinkedIn, we've had Crazy8 and um, now this guy.
0: Yeah, um, it's funny you should say that actually about him mentioning the the different uh, law firms in that um, because one of the theories on the fan wiki page was that, because he's talking isn't he and he says I'm going to get this great attorney or something and couple of people had said is that Saul Goodman but then they said well actually Saul was the one who scammed him in season two of uh, BCS so it probably wouldn't have been because if he'd have recognized him he wouldn't have gone with him so that could be a tenuous link but yeah there was that sort of thought that it could be something to do with um Better Call Saul or Mesa Verde but I don't think it was
1: maybe it'd be Kim Wexler perhaps I can't remember exactly how but she was still out wasn't she um or still doing something but yeah interesting to see like if it is i don't know if um vince even you know had better um soul as a character in his head at this point let alone how big that character become to run his own show but yeah it's pretty cool yeah
0: i'm just thinking ahead when does um soul goodman come into it
1: i think he's towards the end of season two or like three because yeah. i think we meet soul and then we meet mike don't we like they come into it before we meet gus so it must be towards yeah. the end of season two or something
0: yeah, we are getting ahead of ourselves there, because we start seeing the adverts on like benches and that, don't we, for Saul Goodman and all that at some point. So that's, that's probably coming in, so we'll have to look out for those in the background. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we see his little adverts before we actually meet him as a character, so um, that'd be interesting. But again, we're jumping ahead here. Um, going back to this episode, we then meet Jesse's parents, but <laughs> the way he turns up is quite funny, isn't it? He? He's sort of broken into their garden, for want of a better phrase, and he's kind of fucking stuck in the garden furniture, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it, it took me a minute to obviously remember that that was his parents and we're seeing him and the young son. So just suddenly out of nowhere, obviously you got old um James Corden who's just being a bell end at the bank and cash in his check, and then it just cuts to his house randomly. And I'm like, what the fuck are these people? And then it he penny dropped. I was like, um, oh yeah, Jesse's parents. And like you say, he just comes in and he's like completely off his fucking tits. He's like new garden furniture, yeah, <laughs> choice man. Uh, my leg's stuck and all this sort of shit. And it's like fucking hell. And he. Pisses me, well, he pisses me off most of the time, but he's in their house, and he goes in, and he, he goes to sleep, and he comes downstairs, and he's still wearing like 20 fucking jackets. He's like, why are you a jacket indoors in the first place? Because that fucking annoys me. And two, you're in Arizona where it's like 20,000 degrees, and you're dressed up like a fucking Eskimo.
0: It does get quite cold during the winter and later at night, I've, I've read. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying. You don't like the fact he wears loads of clothes. <laughs> you're never going to let that go, are you? I'm, I'm not. <laughs> One thing I will say as well is his little brother's quite fucking annoying, isn't he? He's a little overachieving little brat, I thought.
1: Yeah, it's weird though, isn't it? Because obviously Jesse's trying to talk to him. Just their parents just don't trust him at all, do they? Because his mum's obviously being a bit more mumsy and stuff. And his dad's like, no, we've got to be firm. We're not taking any of his shit now. Um and he's, they sort of look through and he's setting the table for him, and they sort of just think, oh, okay, we'll just leave him to it. And then it sort of shows him obviously talking to his brother, like you say, he's got all these like fucking trophies and all this shit, and he's on his computer being boffin or whatever. Um, and then his mum opens a door and kind of leaves it open obviously because she doesn't trust Jesse at all. and he's like, "Oh wow, it must be good being the favorite kid." And his bratty brother turns around and goes, "Hey, you're the favorite. You're the one that you know, the only one they ever talk about. It's like, yeah, they're probably talking about him because he's a fucking waster, not because they love him.
0: Yeah, exactly that. And we do get a little bit of sort of Jesse rooting through some old stuff in his room and he finds some old drawings and then some old school papers. And I'm assuming they were from Walt, were they? Because he's got an F on one of his papers.
1: I guess so, yeah. must have been. That's a good show, actually. I, didn't, I, I remember the scene. I just didn't put that together. But um, yeah, Walt well, did say that he remembers him from school when they first met and that he was shit in chemistry, which doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know what the papers were from. I don't know if you can see it because i was watching this on my phone while i was supposed to be working so i hope my boss doesn't listen to this but um yeah i saw he got, he got an f on one of the one of the papers he was looking at but i couldn't see actually what the, the paper was about um and then we get old uh, combo and um calling jesse and he, he wants some crystal for some of his rich friends they're having a party so um jesse goes to walt's house and he doesn't particularly get a very good reception from old walt does he
1: he doesn't no and um Again, it's one of those things is like Wolf's trying to be all discreet, but he brings him into his back garden. I suppose he's got a fence around it and everything. But again, the neighbors don't seem to clock him like bringing Jesse round. And Jesse's obviously just putting it to him, you know, if you want to cook again, you know, what did he say? Um, we should debrief or something. And Wolf's yeah, just like, Yeah, debrief what the hell's that? And he's like, you know, just, you know, talk things through. And then Jesse, to be fair to him at this point, he's like, Well, here you go, it's four grand, you know, it's your share. He could have kept it to be fair to him and just been a dick about it, but he's like, Is four grand? So if you want to make more money, you know where I am, and he throws it up in the air and buggers off. But we get a few swimming pool um, scenes in this. We get obviously the one at the start with the barbecue, and one here. But as we've said before, it's quite an iconic location, isn't it? There's a couple of them obviously that we refer to as the season or the series goes on. But the swimming pool scenes are always quite integral, even if they use um, you know just for small scenes.
0: Yeah, they are. I mean, how many times does Walt get money in the swimming pool as well? Because <laughs> yes. the, the, obviously the money that Jesse throws goes everywhere and some of it goes in the pool. And I'm pretty sure in quite a few episodes he chucks money in the pool. One episode he starts burning it and it ends up in the pool, I think. So, yeah, it's, um, he does put quite a lot of money in that swimming pool. And Skyler has a couple of moments in it as well in a few seasons' time, I think. Um, and then this is when Walt goes for his second opinion and they basically say, you know, you have got cancer and it is quite advanced but it is treatable and as they're sort of reading all the side effects he's going to get from chemo which sounds fucking horrible i mean the list is endless Walt just completely zones out again as he probably would because you know just the thought going around his head of what is going to happen to him you know he's either going to die which is likely or he's just going to have a shit time of it so he hasn't really got a, a very good option has he
1: he hasn't known, and like I think it, the way it's shot, like the whole him zoning out and just stuff. I suppose it's just not life flashing before your eyes, but I suppose he's just basically, you know, just realizing that you know what can he do? You know, he hasn't got much time left. He hasn't got much to his name at this point in time. I suppose so many things would be racing through his mind, and I think just the way it's shot is kind of encapsulates that. Like the way the camera angle comes in, the the way the kind of sound is working. Um, it's really good stuff, and obviously Skyler's starts kicking off at him again and um, stuff about like, obviously the treatment. And he's like, well, what if we spend all this money, every penny we've got for all this treatment um, and it doesn't work, I still die. Then I leave you with loads of debt. And then that's when Walter Jr. is just like, well, how did you just fucking die then? Why did you give up and die and all that sort of stuff? And it's quite a powerful scene, I think.
0: A very powerful scene, isn't it? And very well played by everyone involved. Um, we do get a little scene back before sort of that last bit there where, we're back at Jesse's parents' house and they've got a cleaner. They've obviously got some money um, and she finds a joint, doesn't she? And she brings it downstairs and it's actually his brothers but they obviously accuse Jesse like they would because you would think it was Jesse's you know, his brother's an angel according to them. And to be fair to Jesse, he covers, doesn't he? He doesn't say anything. He just like alright, fucking hell and just leaves. And then <laughs> his little brother asks for it back outside the house, doesn't he? And he just fucking puts it on the road and just squats it in throws it. and goes, oh, it was skunkweed anyway. Um Which, to be fair, like, if it's the skunk that, you know, used to go around, that was fucking potent stuff, so I imagine what he's saying is it was shit, I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not too sure what he was getting at then, but either way, it's one of the sort of things that Jesse does, you know... could he just, like, gearing it to him and be like, oh, fuck it, but at least he kind of got rid of it. But I am a and turn around and be like, that's skunk weed. Here, buy some good stuff off me or something like that. But he, he doesn't quite go that far. <laughs> he
0: doesn't. He just gets in a taxi and buggers off. Um, and then it cuts to sort of the end scene. It's a bit of a coincidence It Walt does see Ken again. I mean, it's a big city, but I guess the chances are you, you could bump into him again. And as we said at the start there, like Vince Gilligan said, this is one of the Turning Point episodes, and this could be what he was alluding to because... Walt's face when he sees him he just walks up to the car and he sticks that brush on there and it just blows up and the way he just walks away almost in slow motion it's it's kind of that turning point isn't it where you can see my god he's got it in him
1: yeah yeah definitely and I, I do like this shot as well because it's like an old school kind of action movie shot I mean the amount of times you've seen like Stallone and Arnie doing their slow motion walk away from an exploding building for like a big kind of like Cool sort of end of battle sequence and stuff, and it's kind of like that. Obviously, with Walt just sort of strutting away, and then the car blows up. But again, it's one of those things. I do kind of like you have to stretch a little bit because he still does this. And fair play, he knows what he's doing. He knows that you know how to make it blow up and that. But all these people around, and it's quite a busy road, and no fucker seems to see him. We've had that a couple of times in the last few episodes. Like we said at Crazy Eight of um, Jesse Street, when Walt kind of like nearly runs him over, and then shuffles him into the car. And now we're here at the garage and everything. No one seems to notice him messing around with the car just before it blows up.
0: Yeah, see, I thought that as well. And you can take it one of two ways. As you just said there, everyone's just being ignorant or stupid. But I suppose if you see a man just lifting a bonnet up in a garage and you hadn't really been watching him constantly, you might think he's messing about with his own car. But the fact that he just then walks away as it explodes, you'd think someone would go, hold on, who the fuck's that guy? You know, put two and two together and say, "What." Well, that car's just blown up and there's a guy walking away from it. But I guess in all the chaos, Walt gets into the old shoebox and he drives off and no one really pats an eyelid.
1: Yeah, yeah, good shout. And again, it's back to the whole Walt is such an unassuming character. Like Everyone else is reacting. Like you might think, oh, why is that guy not reacting at all to this explosion? But where he's still dressed in beige and he's driving around in his <laughs> yoghurt pot still, people probably just don't even notice him. Let's say he just blends in with the world, doesn't he?
0: Exactly. I mean, he could just been a, a casual guy who's at the garage, saw an explosion and thought, fuck this, I'm off. Because I probably <laughs> would. If I was in that situation, I wouldn't be hanging around, I don't think.
1: Well, yeah, I ain't no fireman. I'll be running away from the fire. I'd be like, fuck that.
0: <laughs> exactly. So as we said at the start, it is quite a slow episode, but we do get a bit of character building, obviously the big announcement, and we see a little bit more of Jesse's extended world um, for what it's worth. So it's not a bad episode, but as you said, after the first couple where they've been fairly fast-paced and we've had a fair bit happening, this one does slow things right down. But I think it needed
1: to, in a way. Yeah, definitely. Um, I quite like these sort of episodes, and I think it's just the right time. I mean, as we've said before, like one thing that put me off at the start, well, why I didn't watch this when it's running, because everyone said how slow it was, which is not really the case. When you look at the first three episodes, I think they do pon- you know, pop along at a fairly decent pace. There's a few events in there that are quite memorable, but now we are getting into the part where we need to really sort of delve into these characters. And to be honest, I know, like we said last week, um, Tuco is coming up at some point, but I don't really remember the kind of navigation for what happens in the rest of this, um, this particular season by heart. So they're kind of, it's almost like watching the episodes, not quite for the first time, but kind of like a good refresher watching them again, because I don't know what's coming up. So it's quite interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what we said last week, isn't it? And, um, as I was watching this one the other day, yesterday, I think I watched it, or the day before, um, I, oh, I remember that, oh yeah, I remember this, but I didn't know it was coming, if that makes sense, but as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, I remember him blowing the car up, I remember meeting Jesse's parents for the first time, oh yeah, and the, the joint that his brother had, so yeah, but again, I can't remember what happens in the next episode.
1: Yeah, we will come flooding back when you're watching it, but um, yeah, it is a good episode, and I, and I do like it, and um, obviously we'll continue this venture, next week but of course to everyone out there um let's tell you what you think of this episode you know where to find us but just in case you don't you can find us at the hyperbaric goats on x and of course hyperbaric underscore goats on instagram but i imagine you're all following us anyway so let us know what you think of this particular episode and if you've got any thoughts on the kind of direction it went is from the writing and the sort of like storyline perspective
0: Indeedy. And as we say, most episodes, if you do want to come on and have a little chin wag and a chat about Breaking Bad in general, a particular episode or just Breaking Bad, drop us a line and we can organise that. And um, we'll always squeeze it into the schedule at some point, whether it's in sequence or whether it's just a one-off general chit-chat, it'll be good to hear from people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as always, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, this is Bread Roll signing off.
0: And from me, JT, I've just got one last thing to say. Speaking to the mic, bitch.